All right. Hello, podcast what listeners. What does want love if it's torture? Don't <laughs> say I didn't warn you. Why are you quoting Taylor Swift? You just said. As we just started a podcast. I just started recording. You, you, I thought you just added a blank space. I did add blank space so we could start recording. Oh. Hello, podcast listeners. Hey. Ben's here. Yeah. Skylar's here. I'm here, too. And this is going to be season three, episode two. But a couple, just a couple notes, of course. This is, uh, Ben's not in this one. Yep, I'm not here. Sorry, this Ben. This is not my voice. He's here, but he's not here. We yeah. recorded this one a long time ago. <laughs> um, way back, like, in December? Yeah, I still had facial hair at that point, if that gives anyone who knows me a cue. Which oh, probably man. no one. <laughs> I, was, I was still pretending to do customer support work when actually I was just watching Netflix all day. Uh, aren't man. you a hard worker? I'd, you and your taco cat button. I Thank you. <laughs> Taco Cat, if you're in the Twin Cities, in like two very specific neighborhoods, call them up. They'll give you the best taco you've ever had. Oh, it's Taco Cat place? sponsors yeah. the Superhero Movie Podcast. No, they don't. No, oh, they should. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, this is going to be Grant's third appearance. Grant is our science guy in this one instead of Ben because we haven't we didn't get Ben yet. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. At the time, that is. Because we recorded this one before we recorded like what Dread and Iron Man three. Yeah, we just wanted to get to this one lickety split so yeah because you and Grant were super excited to talk about Dark Knight Rises Batman <laughs> Batman like you said this is Grant's third appearance and unfortunately we have no scheduled ones after this because as we continue to mention he's in a different state <laughs> very far away Kentucky has him in his claws <laughs> wait Kentucky has him in its his claws Kentucky it's claws. has claws Kentucky has claws yeah it does are they wildcats are they Santa? What are you talking about? What's the Kentucky University Kentucky mascot? Ooh, I, sh- I watch college basketball all the time. I should know this. Like their their team is currently r- whipping up a storm in the NCAA. They're yeah. undefeated. Yeah, and that's nuts. Yeah, Skyler, clock's ticking. You're very slow with this. Google's very slow. It's what the hell is that? You know what? It's a wildcat. Uh, yes, it's a wildcat. Yeah, Kentucky Woo! definitely. I'm the most sportsy guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. Sports get ball. But we had to confirm it because I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need to confirm that with me. Except we did anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly. What are you talking about? We just did. <laughs> I was so uh, like. We don't need to confirm I... it with you because I have, you know, I have the internet on my phone here, so I could look it up too. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, but you're yeah. wrong. Are we? Gonna, we should probably get to the episode. <laughs> Does anyone have anything they want to say about Dark Knight Rises? They don't. They don't want to listen to me talk about how Skylar's dumb and stuff. <laughs> you know, maybe I guess you should ask them on Twitter. <laughs> hey, tw- oh, speaking of Twitter, yeah, follow us on Twitter at superhero mc, and if you if we get a tweet, we'll read it on the show. And Tom, who's our most loyal fan on Twitter, uh, tweeted us that we should watch the um, Bane cat video. What? You should have told me this earlier. I would have put put it in. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Just add it in post. <laughs> anyway, I've seen it. <laughs> Thank it's really you for funny. giving me more work to do. <laughs> I peed in it. That's why I swear on the air all the time. <laughs> Just to make you suffer. Because I hate both of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but Ben, since you're not in this one, what is your opinion on Dark Knight Rises? Man, it's a dumb, terrible movie, but I love it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So... It's better than Dread. <sighs> uh, I thought that like the final scene was just the most terrible thing. Okay, sure. 
Yeah. And we'll talk about all that and nuclear explosions and Bane voice pretty early and whatever. But here's the episode. So everybody just enjoy it. Season three, episode two, Dark Knight Rises. Reckoning. Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. We do comic book movie talk from modern to old, where it began, the final product, and its future. We cover everything about the movies, budget, themes, music, source books, and hell, even the science. I'm your host, James Schuyler Hutzma. I'm Michael Bauer, and with us today is special guest... Grant Austin. And this week's topic is... See you around. You're welcome. I had it under control. Those weren't street thugs. They were trained killers. I saved your life. In return, I need to know what you did with Bruce Wayne's fingerprints. Wayne wasn't kidding about a powerful friend. I sold his prints to Daggett. For something that doesn't even exist. I doubt many people get the better of you. Hey, when a girl's desperate. What's he gonna do with them? I don't know. But Daggett seemed pretty interested in that mess at the stock market. Miss Kyle. So that's what that feels like. Batman. The Dark Knight rises. Rise like yeasty bread. Rise, Batman. And everybody, you will be hearing the Bane voice for a while. Heads up. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First opinions. Going around the table. Skylar, lay it on me. All right. I uh, I love The Dark Knight Rises. Um, it's a very different movie from The Dark Knight. Its aspirations are different in being a big, satisfying, epic blockbuster, and it completely delivers, I think, in that case. Bane is a villain to rival even the Joker, in my opinion. And I think it's a movie that plays better after every uh, watch. So um, I didn't think it was as great as Skyler did. Um, <laughs> after the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's exactly what I was hoping for. But then after each consecutive watch, I'm more like uh, it, it kind of loses something because of plot holes and whatever. And to be honest, of these three, it's Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. It's definitely my least favorite of the three. My opinion on the film was this first half of the film was pretty darn great, but I feel as if things just sort of started to go downhill script-wise in the second half. I got pulled out of the film in more and more scenes. I felt as if some things got more and more ridiculous to the point I now understand that Batman, in his essence, has ridiculousness of the things he does and still claims to be human. 
Because he's Batman. Ah, uh, thank you. We need at least 15 of those in this episode. But um, that being said, though, it's a beautiful looking film. Um, I'm not going to take that away from it. It looked gorgeous from every camera shot and everything. I wasn't ever like, oh, that's a horrible effect. No, everything looked pretty dang real. So, money time. Ooh. Apparently money's spooky. <laughs> not even near Halloween. I know. All right. Give me the uh, production budget, Sky Guy. Production budget is a pretty penny at $230 million. That's on the high end. Yes, it is. It's, I believe that's more than Man of Steel. Oh, boy. And they busted the bank for Man of Steel, too. They did. And this is a film also that very based in practical as opposed to special effects. So True. And I would say that paid off for it because its domestic gross sits at $448 million. Foreign gross is $636 million to bring it to a worldwide gross of $1,084,000,000. One of the few movies to break the billion-dollar mark. Billion dollars is a lot of mucho cash to put in Warner Brothers' pockets. Oh, yes. You get to line them with gold now in the <laughs> shape of Batman symbols. Well, uh, it did live up to its uh, predecessor, at least in the worldwide sense of things, because you know Dark Knight was a huge hit all around and also brought in a billion dollars just over so this one actually brought in a small percentage more it's just a just a just a titch more. just 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 a, just a smidge yeesh. not a whole lot of surprising things money wise i mean batman had a lot of momentum running off dark knight it didn't feel as if there was no news that was going to sort of falter our hopes on how awesome this film is going to be not a whole lot to say oh on the money because it was what we expected, and we expected it to be a hit, and it was a hit. Good job, Warner Brothers, for being good at your job. Uh, the next up is uh, the source books based on the uh, Dark Knight Rises and the new characters introduced in this film uh, that came from, not originally from the film, but from the comic books because Batman is a comic book character. Uh, first of all, the storyline is a mixture of two different Batman storylines, uh, roughly, most a little bit based on the No Man's Land, where Gotham is under martial law, as you can see in the film, that took a uh, a big setting in the second half, but mostly based on Nightfall, which was the introduction of Bane in 1993, and he comes into Gotham, and he releases all of Batman's villains from Arkham Asylum, so that he has to go, so Batman has to go and round them all up, take them down, and so that he's tremendously exhausted, Bane comes in and breaks his back. And Batman's out for like two years in comic book wise, comic book time. I don't know. I don't remember how long Nightfall lasted till Batman put the cowl back on. But somebody replaced him, Azrael, whatever, replaced him for a long time um, until Bruce Wayne finally put the Batman mask back on to fight crime again. A ri- uh, new characters that appear in The Dark Knight Rises include minorly John Daggett. Based on the character Roland, da- Roland, Roland, yeah, Roland, Roland in the Daggett. Yes. Um, oh. <laughs> really wish I didn't get that one. <laughs> that was weak, Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We try our best here. Um, I don't know why they changed it to John. Probably because Roland's a weird name. And he's from not a comic book, but the Batman animated series, and not he's very exactly the same. Corrupt businessman deals with the shady supervillains in order to get more money. And that's what he did in the film. Uh, Then we have John 
Blake or Robin John Blake, who is not Robin, the comic book character, but an amalgamation, a combination of the first three Robins. You've got the athletic build of Dick Grayson, first Robin, the traumatic backstory of orphan boy Jason Todd, the second Robin, and you also have the detective skills of kid genius third Robin, Timothy Drake. And therefore you get Robin John Blake. I originally just took that, what's your real name? Robin? As a punch to the face from no one? Because it's like, oh, you snuck around Robin, eh? Because remember, everybody thought that was Robin in the film. For like, from the trailers, right? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you, not Robin, then, you know, just someone who would be a nod to that character. Okay. And then we suddenly get a, oh, his name, his name is Robin. His name, because Batman calls himself Bruce Batman Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the bigger characters that have shown up for this film are Talia Al Ghul, originally came about in 1971, uh, made by Denny O'Neill, Bob Brown, and Dick Giordano. Uh, she is, again, pretty, not a whole lot of deviations here. Uh, they didn't really deviate from these characters a whole lot when they brought them into their film versions. The significant other of Batman, a love interest of sorts, um, eventually the mother of his child, but mostly it's the constant conflict of, I love you, but you have a criminal empire, and you need to stop recruiting me to be in that criminal empire because I'm sick of it. It's a huge turnoff. This movie, I, I'm i going to go out on a limb and say that a little bit of deviation there in that they use the same trickery that Ra's al Ghul did in the Batman Begins, and it's just like, oh, I'm just a wealthy philanthropist. Oh, wait, no, I'm vengeful old daughter of bad guy everybody's got grudges for a long time movies just everybody loves to hold a grudge oh, yeah, yeah this was like a 10 year grudge or something like that yeah at least well i mean i suppose things happen when you kill your parents he That's did he, he did kill raza Ghul. no matter how you think batman doesn't kill people he killed raza Ghul. <laughs> still technically murder <laughs> <laughs> then finally the biggest character to come about bane now, this isn't actually the first appearance of Bane in film, but I like to call it the spiritually first appearance of Bane because we did see him in the Joel Schumacher film Batman and Robin. And did we see the worst version of Bane? Possibly. Quite possibly. He was a lackey and lame and had maybe... He didn't even say anything in that film. He just grunted a lot. He said Bane. Oh, he lot. said Bane? And then oh. he said bomb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb. When Bane is actually a criminal mastermind of sorts in his original creation, constantly obsessed with the need to defeat Batman in hand-to-hand -hand combat, or really just combat in general, hence his whole, mostly his whole reason to coming to Gotham is, ah, a foe I must conquer, because he's a luchador? I believe it goes deeper than that in that his childhood fear was... Well, when he was growing up in prison, was some kind of bat thing, mm -hmm. and he projected that onto Batman. Wonderful, Bane. Well, Bane only came about in 1993 by Doug Monick and Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan. So he's actually, in terms of Batman villain history, kind of recent. Twenty years. He's one of the more recent ones. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Batman villains go all the way back to like the 1950s, and him being in 1993 and having a big impact in the Batman continuity still. Quite impressive. Also, one big deviation from the f character is Bane typically is known for juicing on a 
fictional drug called venom that supercharges it's like it's like mega steroids it supercharges your muscles and you get really ridiculously strong there's weaknesses like you 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 can't put your hands above your head <laughs> <laughs> and batman always beats him the same way by cutting the tube every time there's a giant tube from like the back of his neck to his arm yep that that injects the venom and Really, do something about that, Bane. Honestly, every time. Video games, television, the Batman and Robin movie, every time he gets you with the tube. Just wear an XXL coat or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Just go to the big and tall store. It was, uh, I guess, a directorial choice to not include the Venom. It's a bit too fictional because Christopher Nolan wanted to ground this this trilogy in realism and instead uh, gave Bane a breathing apparatus of some sort. And um, eventually made him the lackey of Talia al Ghul. And that was a moment that did throw me off tremendously. Because every comic book nerd's like, ah, yes, Bane's finally getting redone as the villain mastermind, amazing villain that he can be. And then at the end of the film, nope, he's a, he's a dog in a chain. Now, people always complain about that, but <laughs> that never took away from anything he did throughout the whole movie for me. Yes, until but, the uh, last ten minutes when he was revealed to just be a lackey. Yeah, we're getting heated. <laughs> Don't we're, worry, we're gonna rib on this film. This guy was going to defend it hardcore. Oh yeah, let's go, let's go. No, no, you I, got nothing. Okay, that's I'll what wait. I thought. I'll <laughs> wait and strike later. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, let's get let's go right into your section then. Oh, um, okay, cool. Um, music, music. Yes, Dark Knight Rises score by the ever amazing Hans Zimmer. This time without uh, collaborator James Newton Howard, who went off and did something like Snow White or whatever. Something like that. I believe in my initial review of this music, I called it a freight train to your skull. (laughs) And I stick by that description because Dark Knight Rises score is the epitome of aggression. Zimmer brought in whole new sounds to the orchestra this time around and telling them to act more as a, I believe it, like a warrior tribe with their instruments than an actual orchestra. And you can hear that uh, very clearly in Bane's theme, which basically opens the movie in the amazing plane sequence, which is accompanied by the track Gotham's Reckoning. I would be remiss without uh, noting the now iconic Bane chant, Dishe Dishe Basara, which means he rises, he rises, he rises. In San- I've always wondered about that, yeah. In Sanskrit, I believe it is. In Sanskrit, huh? Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Oh, yes. I've always wondered, what are those words again? Deshe Deshe Basara. Deshe Deshe Basara. Basara. How does it, what? Desse, desse, basara, basara, desse, desse, basara. Okay, okay. Important information for the listeners. Oh, yes. And not only did uh, Zimmer come up with a whole new theme for Bane himself, he also provided a theme for the 
film's other new addition to the this trilogy, Catwoman, um, which musically highlights her moral ambiguity, I would say, and slyness. You can hear that track in an unofficial part of the score that hasn't been released uh, during the bar shootout scene. As it's been noted before on Zimmer's work, the dude works well in themes, and not only did he write themes for specific characters, he wrote it for events of the movie, which there is a secondary theme for Bane and his army and the League of Shadows and whatnot, and what's his kind of takeover and revolution, which we first hear in the speech he gives before, I believe it's Blackgate Prison? Blood? Bloodgate? Blackgate. I remember Black it was. Gate. It was. I thought there was a blood in it. No, no. it's Blackgate. Okay. Yeah. This is a public institution, so calling it Bloodgate Prison is a little weird. <laughs> well, okay. There's a town next to Gotham called Bloodhaven. With the U. That's a public town, is it not? With yeah, the U and the umblad. Nearly as intimidating as you know Bloodgate Prison. I think Bloodhaven is a tremendous oxymoron. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> All right. Right. Well. You can hear this third speech, or yes. you can hear this third th- theme in Bane's speech before Blackgate, where he, his revolution first takes place in the track The Fire Rises. Where would we be without uh, mentioning the music for the man himself, Batman, which... Quick question. Was there a lot more chanting in this soundtrack? Just a lot of chanting all over the place? Did that Bane theme have a lot of chanting, too? Oh, yeah. Well, Do you know what they were saying in that one, too? Same. Same thing? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Just just two words. Yes. Back and forth. Variations on them, yes. Okay. Creative. And guess what? You'll hear it in this next track I'm going to talk about. (laughs) Like I said, would not be anywhere without talking about the music used for Batman himself. A theme that's been established over the last two movies, ever-present, but probably the most notable instance of quote-unquote Batman music is his highly emotional climbing of the wall and escaping from the pit in the track Why Do We Fall? quick expert of that one <laughs> you heard a lot of uh, you heard a bit of it in the beginning theme as well oh sure and just 
to. Hey, Skyler. Uh, yeah. Quick question. Yeah. Um, actually, no. For the science guy. Uh, hey, why do we fall? Because of gravity. Oh, good call. Good call. That's why we bring you in. That's why we bring you in. You climb out of the pit, Master Wayne, and by that time, I will have solved the problem of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Melding two Nolan films into one. <laughs> but if those clips are any indication. This isn't a soundtrack for people who are looking for soft music. Would you say Skull Train to your head? Freight Train to your skull. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long morning, guys. (laughs) Words are tough. I read. I don't don't talk. (laughs) What are books? (laughs) I only listen to soundtracks all day. Why are you a woman? I'm a woman. (laughs) (laughs) What? That voice you're doing is very old woman-y. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> when we get frantic about what to say next, we just start talking like old people. It's our it's our gig. It's our thing. Join the crowd, Grant. Give us your best old woman impression. Yeah, our brains are old and crusty. Oh, you are poor sport. Poor sport. You're not allowed in any more podcasts. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Are you done with music? I am done Has with the music. track ended? Is there a... The needle has been taken off the record. That's a were. good one. That's we'll go with that one. Yay! Swish it right over. I know Grant's been jumping up and down to talk about this. Dark Knight Rises, the science behind mostly two topics. Yes, uh, mainly just the very obvious one of uh, breaking Batman's back and then him miraculously healing in a relatively short amount of time, and then a kind of obscure one that many people don't actually realizes a major problem is the bomb in the movie and calling it a fusion reactor and then having it be a bomb. I think we all knew it was a problem. Um, yeah. We, we just thought uh, we were focused on the explosion of it. Yeah. Not so much its actual conceptualization. So okay. hit us well, with the bomb. Well, actually, I think I'm going to start with the backbreaking thing. Fine. Uh, anyway, the backbreaking thing just from the get-go is a problem because – the type of injury that we think Batman has, you couldn't get from the way Bane broke his back. Because he got what is called a herniated disc, which is where your vertebrae is protruding outward away from your body. which The part can- of your spine? Yeah. Just a piece of your spine is jutting out? Yeah. And if you've seen the movie, he gets like Hulk Hogan smashed over Bane's knee and... <laughs> You would think, and you'd be right in thinking, that that's going to push his spine inward and cause lots of problems that way, but it wouldn't make his spine jut outward, which is what happens. Well, in the prison, they say, oh, oh yeah. your vertebrae is sticking out. So which, by the way, put medical it back doctor in the prison who just can see injuries without x-rays? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even the doctor. The doctor oh, yeah. was the guy in the next cell over. <laughs> so He was just translated. And... I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want that guy as my doctor either because he's a heroin addict. So. <laughs> Just okay. bad news for Bruce Wayne all around. So he's got prison. a fictional injury. But how do they solve this fictional Okay, so injury? assuming that he could break his back in the way described in the movie from the way Bane broke his back, they fix it by punching him in the back to knock his vertebrae back into place. Genius. This is completely outlandish. <laughs> There's not even a tiny shred of truth in that. There is at a all. tiny shred. 
You said so yourself. If it's only the spine, nothing else. Yeah. Okay. There's like an astronomically small, <laughs> tiny bit of truth in this way of fixing. If just his bone was the only problem, then theoretically you could just kind of push it back into place with enough force. But it's never just your bone. There's blood vessels and nerves and all kinds of other things in that area that are going to have issues with your back being broken. So punching that isn't going to fix that stuff and it'll probably cause more harm than good, especially he's just randomly punching his back. Like there's no x-ray, there's no science behind it. So he probably end up cause causing more harm than good. Like what if he missed? Yeah. yeah. Just break more of Batman's back and just cause even more problems. <laughs> but he didn't. He's a magical mystery man from the pit of hell. Yeah. And then what they do, they stretch him out. They use a, a rope makeshift rope harness to hang him up to allow his spine to just by way of gravity get realigned again and that part is actually reasonably true if you had a spinal injury a minor one and it was just kind of displaced you could hang up like that and let gravity do its let effect. gravity do its work however there's sort of mixed reviews on whether that's an effective treatment for back injury some doctors swear by it other ones are like that's a stupid idea and there's really no guarantee that it's going to fall back into the right place you could cause more harm than good so the whole backbreaking thing in this movie is pretty flawed grant austin pre-med <laughs> well actually it's md for medical doctors Pre-med, MD, okay. <laughs> Smarty <laughs> <Or> pants. <laughs> yeah. Okay, enough about the back, because I think that issue has actually been driven into the ground by many a fan. But I'm glad you were able to scientifically explain it to us so we didn't sound like complete talking apes. <laughs> we punched it. That's probably wrong. <laughs> we were right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what about the bomb and its issue in creation? It's a fusion bomb? Yeah, so... Right away, they talk about this magical fusion reactor that they're doing that's going to save the world by solving the energy crisis. And that's in the works. And that's why it's revolutionary for... 2012? Well, no, just for, like, the world in general. And because we haven't actually done that yet. Like, it would be a huge deal if somebody made a fusion reactor that actually worked. Fusion is actually real energy source. It's not, like, dark matter. Yes, it is completely real. It's what happens in the sun and all other stars. It's when two very small atoms like hydrogen or helium run into each other and form one bigger atom. So it's creating energy. Yes. Okay. It releases a lot of energy, as you can tell by just looking at the sun. All right. Then how did they get it wrong? Well, here's the thing. They have everything right about it being a bomb and it exploding and it decaying if they were talking about nuclear fission, which is where a big atom gets split into smaller atoms. And that would all be relatively okay. But they can't say it's just a fission reactor because that's what normal nuclear power plants are made of anyway. Wouldn't so be revolutionary. It wouldn't be groundbreaking. It wouldn't be one of a kind. It'd be relatively boring to <laughs> talk about that. We got a nuclear reactor in the basement. I sure hope all the money went to that was pretty well spent. Yeah. But with a fusion reactor, you can't turn it into a bomb because all you're doing is putting a ton of energy into a machine to collide atoms together to get even more energy out. So it's kind of like an investment. you got to put some in, and you get a very large return on it. Therefore, it doesn't decay. Yes, it doesn't decay. The atoms used in fusion fuel are relatively stable. They're hydrogen and helium 
helium especially is almost impossible to ignite so it's very very stable for decay take five months to decay no for decay you need a very heavy atom that's going to break apart by itself anything radioactive decays spontaneously using a lot of big words dude my brain's melting makes me wonder what that russian doctor actually did when they brought him in to turn it into a bomb well like in the movie they say he just turned the core into something that was going to decay it was very ambiguous and you're right i am wondering what they were hoping people would take away from that science wise but you can't really do that because a the fuel isn't going to decay and b for a fusion reactor once you take it off of its power source nothing's going to happen it's just going to turn off because you have to put in that initial amount of energy to get it to work with fission you don't need to do that because it'll decay by itself in case you ever want to make a fusion bomb, kids, just Grant know knows your stuff. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to decay. And now you're on a CIA list. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Grant. <laughs> uh, no problem, Hour. <laughs> okay. Next up, fun facts and babble. Oh, babble, babble. Skylar, I was originally on the top of the list of things to talk about and fun facts, but you replaced me with something called IMAX preview. Oh, yes. Explain yourself. I will. Dark Knight Rises uh, did this thing that the Dark Knight also did in that about six, seven months before the movie opened, they tacked the first seven minutes of the movie onto another movie that was playing in IMAX theaters. So for Dark Knight Rises, um, in front of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol that previous December, if you went and saw the film in an IMAX theater, you could see the first seven minutes of the Dark Knight Rises. And they did a special like Uber preview through their viral marketing where if you did some kind of trickery with coordinates and whatnot, you could see it three days early. I'm not was that just a marketing ploy? It was. Okay. And did it what it did it make a lot of buzz? It did, really. Okay. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> right. It's also the scene <laughs> where that made the filmmakers decide to alter Bane's voice in the opening. Oh, yeah. Scene. Wasn't the original trailer, like, extremely garbled? Yes. The sound mix was very hard to decipher. And but every... once you actually knew what he was saying, you like, it out. I actually kind of prefer the first one to the altered one. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a huge turnoff for a lot of people when it's just like, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Skylar dug it, Maybe. though. Yeah. I like the garble gook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for like just like a, a fun little comedy show called Bane's Mumbling, and it's just two people talking in Bane voice for like 20 minutes. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I would wish for. That's my Bane. <laughs> That's my Bane. What the hell? Bane of my existence, Ooh. the sitcom. Uh, the puns are just getting awful. Getting <laughs> we don't need your worse. sidebar. <laughs> Get out of here. Your Your segment's done. Negative Nancy. <laughs> he just looks at me now. <laughs> All right. Uh, another fun fact was the Pittsburgh Steelers had a lot of involvement in uh, those few football scenes at the Heinz Field Stadium in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's because co-owner of the Steelers, Thomas Tull, was also a co-producer on the film. So in the movie, you can see notable Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger and other players like Troy Palomalu and Mike Wallace, and of course, Heinz Ward, 
retired Heinz Ward's shining moment when he catches that ball and outruns the bombs, um, as well as Coach Bill Cower. Cower? Cower? Cower. Cower? Thank yeah. you. We have our super-duper Pittsburgh Steelers fan here as well. I know. I was really excited when I saw all those people in the movie. I kind of geeked out a little bit. <laughs> and then they died. Everybody I saw the movie with was like, hey, what's the big deal? It's just a football team. And I was like, yeah, but it's my football team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You might have just entered a Pittsburgh Steelers commercial with that phrase. <laughs> it's, not your, it's not just a football team. It's your football team. The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I should be marketing executive for the Steelers. <laughs> we want to be in more Batman movies. <laughs> Every single Batman movie. <laughs> we are in all of them. <laughs> but Heinz Ward in the interview told the uh, wonderful story about how when he caught that pass and he was running for the scene, they blew all the explosives behind him. Uh, those are real explosives, not CGI. And uh, he screamed through the whole thing. Uh, just while he's running for that touchdown, just, ah! which I thought was a humorous moment um, when you look back and just see his mouth opens. Like, that's terror. <laughs> that is terror happening behind him. Death chasing. Because so, he had to outrun a bunch of concussive explosives. What about all those other players that fell in? What happened to them? Oh, they're dead. No, 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 no. I mean in real life. Like, <laughs> oh, no, they're dead. Oh, they died. They killed <laughs> it's all, a very, all, like we all said, those people. This movie is really good because it, it doesn't it doesn't shirk on its effects. It's realism. Yeah, it's, everything is real life. They just killed a whole bunch of people for this movie. Oh, you, know? you bet. Yeah. Good job, Christopher Nolan. Does not does not let that stuff slide. Like, there's literally hundreds of people under the ice in the river next to New York. <laughs> <laughs> they had to film that scene so many times with so many different extras. Okay, moving on to Babel. Let's talk about stuff, guys. Oh, yes. You have something eight months for twelve days. Psh, psh, posh. I just I, when I realized I looked at that, it's eight months of planning for twelve days of shooting, and I feel as if even though that is higher than the usual amount of planning to shooting ratio, it's still not ostensibly ridiculous because there's a lot of planning that goes into films, and you don't shoot a whole lot. Like like we said in the back way back in the Man of Steel episode, they had to film one four second scene for like ten hours. That was that the water tank one or was that yeah lifting the bus out, okay. And they couldn't get the water to run right, and it was like a whole day of shooting on that ten ten second scene. So like, Damn it! <laughs> I'm getting the finger. The finger means you swore. <laughs> we keep this clean here, man. We keep this PC. Yes. All right. Fine. Babel. Ah, uh, or just a little bit of speculation. We still have Batflick coming up. Oh, yeah. The future of the Batman franchise rests on the shoulders of the super broad Ben Affleck. Dude's a beast. You've seen him now? He's <laughs> ridiculously buff. It's unreal. You've got to be buff to be Batman. He's... Christian Bale was not buff to be Batman. He was pretty buff. Nah, I still well, see machinist Christian Bale. Super skinny anorexic guy. Uh, from the fighter? No, no, no. From the, the machinist. machinist. Oh, well, when he, he was, was like, also super skinny in the fighter yeah, as well. Yeah, he was a crack addict in that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he had to go back and forth because that movie came out at one of the same times as one of these movies. Either <laughs> the Dark Knight or <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. I don't remember when That's the fighter true. came out. So yes. he had to like switch back and forth between being super skinny and being ridiculously buff. Can you imagine if someone actually had that ability with their body? They just flip a switch. Oh, time to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> My bring it back. So My favorite know, was Bane when he's on and off Venom. That's true. Oh, Ooh. Christian oh. Bale's been on Venom the whole time. Oh, Mind blown. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, my favorite is after this movie when he got really fat for American Hustle. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of um, rumor stuff that was coming out at the like a year after Dark Knight Rises. Like, what was the future of this film trilogy going to be? And Noah and Bale were both like, "We're done. Get over it." And nobody would let it go. There was that rumor that came out of like. Bale said he would come back if he was paid $56 million or billion dollars or something like that. An exuberant amount of money. And that source of that rumor came from, like, an ebook on yeah. Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, just recently it was revealed that, no, Warner Brothers didn't even consider bringing Bale back for, like, anything. Well, what? I, I don't know if that was recent because I feel as if that happened the instant they called cutting. They're done. Like, they, they close shop on the film. We're done. There's no more. Right, but Bale was the one to confirm that. that I suppose. Yeah. That, no, they never even called me, so. <sighs> okay. Which, that's going to feel pretty demoralizing. Right. <laughs> I believe his story was he just stared off into space for 40 minutes. Yeah. I, I read that, too. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, when he, he just, he heard the news that he didn't even get called, that they had announced that Ben Affleck was going to play Batman, and he just stared at his ceiling for... 30, 40 minutes. I'm sure he was heartbroken. I'm sure his career is now over. That's his greatest acting moment, because that just makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you would, well, I suppose we can we can focus on the bail. Um, we get to now have fun, because this is the first time we talk about Batman, and we can now compare him to the other Batman. There have been six. Right? Adam West, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, and if you want to count the limited release of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the animated movie, in theaters everywhere, Kevin Conroy. Why would you not? Good call. Kevin Conroy's the best. Oh, the yeah. From Just a voice the... standpoint. That's I mean, true. He... We haven't seen him in the suit. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to compare him with the rest of them because a lot of what Batman does in the animated series, real-life Batman, like live-action, couldn't really do. Not a whole lot of karate moves from Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, He's really good at punching stuff, though. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's good at punching things. Have you ever met someone who isn't? Oh, okay. Ray, put your hand down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's me. Yes, I know. That's why I said put your <laughs> hand down. Jeez. We oh. keep the jokes fresh here. On the same uh, note as, you know, the whole thing is wrapped up and all that stuff, people are still looking at the ending of this movie and being like, what does it all mean? There's some <laughs> deeper meaning to it. It's he like, died. You cannot survive a was it it was a nuclear bomb still? Yeah. It's still a nuclear bomb. No, their thing is like Alfred, he must have just imagined it and it's like no, he got away somehow and that's really him. It's nope. take it at face value. I people. will no, not a chance. Face value. Not a chance because that's a nuclear bomb, all right? And what did they say? Six mile radius? But he fixed the autopilot. Oh, okay. He fixed the autopilot. So say he like, gets – how would you get out like without nobody seeing you he, drop out he of ejected. the back? When he blew he up – through a building and he had to blow up that building. So while everybody was looking at the blown up building that he was like flying through, he could have ejected then. Yes. Nobody would have noticed because they're all focused on the building that's blowing up and the helicopter bat thing that's flying away from it. The – the smoking bomb that somehow went through fire without just boom. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Still, Gotham's ecosystem boned tremendously. Oh, yeah. Just 
blowback from the explosion. <laughs> they're all all the fish are dead. They're all shafted. <laughs> like there are mutants within five years, probably. Okay. Uh, so maybe Batman survived, but nobody else should have. That city's a, a Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, that's probably going to wrap it up today. Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced in the studio of the studio. I want to just start over. I'm doing that, that, champ. <laughs> Superhero Movie Club is recorded and I'm reading this and I'm still flipping up. Here, let me erase that space or two between. Did you Clue and no, <laughs> did, it's, it's you. No, it's the teleprompter thing from Anchorman. It's you, superhero movie club. Club. <laughs> superhero movie club is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. Find this podcast online at superheromovieclub.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes. Next show's topic is the original Amazing Spider-Man. I don't remember how that theme went. I the untold story. Yeah. Why was it the untold story? Because Sony's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's going to do it today. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Maurer. I'm James Skyler Hotsma. And I'm Grant Austin. Hope you all have a super week. DJ, drop a beat. My brain, yes, that's my name. When you hear the name, man, I guarantee the pain. I'm coming after you, Bruce Wayne. I'm stronger, smarter, clinically insane. My brain, that's my name. Bruce Wayne and the Batman are totally the same. I broke his back, Mortal Kombat Spark. Then I cracked my 28 Krug champagne. Who likes hip hop? My brain, yes, it's a shame. I declare martial law and you all complain. I laugh when you ask why I wear the mask. I'll explain. It's because I'm vain. Yes, that's my name. You say it too much, the name becomes a name. Of course, something my plan lacks gain. You say it to my face, I'll crash your plane. When I say no, you say survivals. No, no. When I say no, you say survival. You suck. Who said that? Hey! Stop the music! Kill them all!